everyone how are y'all doing i have a very special guest on this episode with me his name is danny k hey what's up yes so daniel has actually been an educator for about 15 years or so so daniel would you tell me that you've had a lot of experience with helping students solve problems well i've actually taught pretty much every uh, grade level from pre-kinder to 12th grade. I've also taught SPED and even behavior. Wow, so you have a wide array of students that you've worked with. Yes, actually now I'm helping students at the college, so I've pretty much touched every area of uh, education. Wow, you are non-stop on a roll. That's awesome. Would you say the way that everyone solves problems is different? I would say so. You know, there's a lot of different personalities, a lot of different learning types. Uh, and so no one solution fits every type. Uh, but the great thing is, is that uh, if you can do something collaborative, even though uh, certain groups won't enjoy the collaborative, if it's fun and you can do it around a, a joint activity that both like or a game of some kind, then they will definitely uh, take it up and, and work much better together. All right. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned games and collaboration. I actually have this really cool tool that I found online, and it's called an escape room. Have you heard of an escape room? I actually did an escape room with you. <laughs> okay, he caught me. Yes, we did an escape room together. So an escape room is basically people working together to solve mysteries, riddles, and puzzles to guess what? escape the room so what did you think did you think it was hard or what did you think of the escape room when you did it well when there was a kind of a diverse different set of things to do in the escape room each person could take up what they felt like they were good at and then they could collaborate and if one person was felt like they were good at maybe searching for something well then the other person could maybe solve the the more uh, mathematical problems or something like that if that's what they felt like they were really good at but then working together you got to see what each one what their uh, methods of going about solving that problem where it was and you learned from each other as well as helped each other that's very true so would you think that maybe using this toolkit could help educators with their students i think it would be great uh, just because when you make something into a game when you make it okay to fail and yet continue forward and keep working on it then people learn a lot better when it's fun and they're not afraid to try something new and try all kinds of different things until they finally figure out the, the key to unlocking that uh, one particular thing. Well, you know what? I'm so glad that you mentioned that, that it's okay to fail. So perseverance. And with this toolkit, it actually even mentions that. And when we think of design thinking, we think of problem solving. And a lot of times we have more problems than solutions, right? But with this toolkit, we can solve a problem and let's say it doesn't work out, we can keep on trying. Isn't that cool? That's right. You know, I used to always tell the students in my classroom that you never really lose, you never really fail if you learned something from what you were doing. And so uh, 
it, when a person would say, oh, I don't know how to do this, or I couldn't do it, I would always tell them, well, did you learn something from it? And if they said yes, then I said, well, then you didn't really fail. You did exactly what you're supposed to do. That's so. true. Experimenting goes a long ways. So when we were looking at this escape room toolkit, it provided a lot of materials and a lot of different ways to use puzzles and not just puzzles, but create sensory activities for students. So one of them was the map. Remember that map having to actually pinpoint different continents and we would ask questions about you know things that pertain to that continent and we were able to map it together to get a code of some sort right and actually that was kind of neat because what it did was it brought about a level of abstraction that uh, going from one place to another could indicate then how to follow a same pattern of travel in a different, seemingly uh, unrelated puzzle. And so I think that that's important. And the thing is, when we talk about educators using this in the classroom, we can think of content-specific questions for this, right? Right. This could open up ideas such as metaphors and uh, one thing being like another uh, taking information that a student already knows and applying it to new information so that they absorb it quicker or um, more readily. They don't forget it right off the bat because it's personalized. Yeah, very true. And, you know, a good example that I think of is let's say you have a classroom and you guys have been reading a book for the past week or two, you can actually create an escape room based on things off that book. And students, like you said, they'll be able to correlate that past learning to this new learning. And it also helps engage the students and see how deep they've been actually learning. Right, actually learning I've always found is a lot about making a place for a new idea in the brain. Uh, so, for instance, in some cases, if I knew I was going to need to teach something later on, uh, maybe a few weeks later, even a month later, I would mention it. And then later on, what I found is that if I had mentioned it even once and kind of just not even explained it, not even brought it to a point where the student fully understood what I was talking about, but just made a place for it for later, sort of uh, a preview well, then when I taught it later, somehow the students, maybe even if they didn't even remember what I had said at first, they still just knew, they, they more readily grabbed onto it and adapted it and ran with it. Uh, and so that is something that's really neat. If you did that with a book and then you tied all of your different projects and learning to that book, well, they already have a place for that knowledge when they read the book now you're putting new information in those places that you created earlier i totally agree and danny i want to tell you something i don't think you knew this but i kind of tricked you you want me to tell you how oh no okay so this is how i tricked you i actually just walked you through the five phases of the design process and what? we're just missing one more and that's evolution how do you think we could use this tool this escape room toolkit in the classroom and what do you like about it i know a few things i like about it i love the whole team building you know i'm an extrovert and i love working with others 
Um, and something that you mentioned was, you know, let's say for the more introverted student, there's always going to be something for them to actually be able to use when doing this because they're going to find something that they're good at, the skills that they can work best with. Well, so, you, you know, I'm a more, I was always a more introverted student. Uh, and so the beauty of something like this is you can have it collaborative, which makes it fun and, and then hands-on, which also makes it fun for your uh, extroverted learner. But your introverted learner lives more inside of their own mind, and they are always imagining things. And there can be a little bit of awkwardness when the introverted learner doesn't know why they're there or what mm. they're doing. But when you give them a very solid purpose, hey, you are going to solve this, you're going to help with this, well, then they know why they're there. It's not that awkward. And you'll find that they'll actually be a little bit more open True. to learning. True, I definitely agree. And, you know, this would be a fun activity to use in the classroom. And, you know, maybe one day I'll be able to use it. And I know you've been an educator for a very long time. And now you're working with college students. You think college students will like this? I think so. You know, one of the other, uh, I work with computer college students in a lot of cases. And one of the selling points for them is if they would like a job that involves a lot of puzzle solving and uh, it turns out you know students who want to work with computers you know a lot of times they're also gamers they're also doing other things like that and what you find is that the idea of having a job where they come in every day and they solve a new puzzle is very interesting to them uh, that sounds like something that's fun it doesn't sound boring and so at least in my field that would be something that would be very appealing to that group of students. Yeah, and it actually kind of ties to STEMs, right? The sciences and coding. I can definitely see that. It is exactly that. Uh, we are considered STEM. And so, uh, yeah, uh, in fact, even when we do our math or our English uh, advising students, it's always in the STEM area, not the other ones. So. Well, Danny Kay, I just want to tell you that I appreciate you being on this episode and sharing your insight with us. And, you know, hopefully I'll have you next time. I'm always happy to help. All right. Thanks. Take care.